Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 104 of the Powerful Content Podcast. I hope you're well today. As we edge closer to the release of my book, The Power of Content, I thought that I'd share with you today something that's becoming more and more important when it comes to content marketing and a reason why you need to read the book. And that's how to stand out with your content when everyone is generating their content via artificial intelligence or AI. It's the reason that I wanted to bring my book to the world now and not wait any longer. Although, quite frankly, it feels like I've been talking about it for ages and perhaps that's an idea for another episode. Anyway, in a world that's becoming more and more digital every day, my book shows you how to create content that genuinely connects with your audience and humanizes your business. And do you know what? It's about you. And that's the first clue as to what will help you stand out. But more on that in a moment. It's this you-ness that is quickly declining in all aspects of our lives. Disconnection through device addiction. I was on the bus the other morning and every single person I could see had their device out and using it in one way or another. I get that we're busy. I really do. I feel busy a lot of the time as well. But I feel like we're only making ourselves more busy by being constantly connected. Perhaps that's also another episode for another day. Anyway, last week, I also saw a new feature pop up on LinkedIn for premium users. And I honestly don't know whether to be super impressed or super disappointed that we're that one step further away from humanizing our content. This feature gives you AI suggested prompts to comment on other people's posts. You click on that suggestion, you can make some suggested edits if you want to, and boom, comment done. Are we that busy that we can't even genuinely create a comment on a post that comes from our heart? Interesting times, that's for sure. But this is the way we're heading. And we definitely need to embrace technological advancements or be left behind. It's also very obvious to me when I scroll socials, the content that has been written by AI and pasted without alteration or without editing. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever about you using AI to craft your social media posts. Please go ahead and do it. Test. Have a play. But please, 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 please add a bit of you-ness to it. I can see that you've copied and pasted if, one, you use the rocket or calendar emoji. I don't know why, but ChatGPT and other AI systems love those particular emojis. Two, you use capitalizations of subheadings, especially if they're dot points, another common trait of AI. Third, you're overly wordy. ChatGPT likes to add in way too many adjectives and adverbs for my liking. Number four is if you're Australian, you forget to change the Zs to Ss, as in capitalization or generalize, dead giveaway. And five, if I know you and it doesn't sound like you, then I'm going to know it's not you. And as a bonus number six, the subject headings or first lines are often really long or sound something like AI and your content, a strategic guide or content in the age of AI, elevating your strategy. I actually asked ChatGPT for these as alternatives for today's episode. Oh, and actually just one more giveaway that I just thought of is accidentally copying and pasting the inverted commas. 
that ChatGPT provides with its answers. Well, okay, so there's a few things for you that you can avoid if you're using AI to write your social media and other content for you. But besides these, let's go back to the you-ness side of powerful content. Now, powerful content is when we are mindful of the human at the other end of our piece of content, that human who is consuming it. But we also think about how you like to create content and how to bring more of you to your content. When it comes to standing out, getting noticed and being memorable, you need to tap into the Eunice 10 times more than what you're doing now. Same, same is not going to work in an AI content-driven world. It really boils down to being aware of who you are, what you stand for, and how you communicate that to the world. And when you do this in your content, it's going to have a big impact on whether you fade into the shadows or stand proudly in the spotlight. So firstly, bringing more you means focusing on human connection. You can evoke emotions and therefore connection with your audience. And once we are able to meet our ideal client at that first point in the client journey, which is connect, then we can move them through the subscribe, nurture and convert stages more quickly and easily. In a world where content can feel impersonal and automated, an essence of you-ness makes the content relatable and engaging. Secondly, it's going to be a huge point of differentiation for your business. As AI becomes more sophisticated, it can generate content that is technically accurate and relevant. However, it struggles with the depth and the concept of emotions. By adding the you-ness, you'll establish a unique voice and perspective and one that can't be replicated by others easily. You'll also have the ability to apply meaning and lessons to what you're selling. When you can explain the similarity of an event or the moral of a story with the outcome of your service, it will more likely motivate people to take action. I can say that my book, The Power of Content, helps bring more you to your content. But if I tell a story about how I've seen my members change as a result of bringing more of themselves to their content, or the impact of how when I bring my Eunice to social media and talk about my accomplishments, then reach and engagement is always higher. Or how I once tried to follow someone else's Instagram strategy to the T and it fell flat because guess what? There was no me in it. Then you're going to be far more interested in bringing more you to your content because of the story, because of the meaning that I've attached to it. It becomes less about me telling you what to do and more about you seeing and realizing the connection between my story and what you can achieve if you buy my book. How's that for an advertisement for my book? Seriously, though, I hope this helps you see the power of you in your content. And lastly, more you is going to increase your engagement or at least make people notice. Now, we all know that just because you don't have likes or you don't have comments on your social media posts and it doesn't mean that people are disengaged. Engagement doesn't always mean taking action and taking action publicly. People can like your content. It can make them stop and think. It can entertain them or even change their perspective. But engagement doesn't mean that they'll take the time to like or comment on something. But what you will be doing is increasing retention, 
and building a loyal audience that trusts and values your content. Remember, this is a long-term strategy, not just a short-term one. Okay, so now you know how important it is to bring more you to your content in order to stand out online. How are you going to do it? Well, I'm not going to leave you hanging here. (laughs) I've got three ways that you can do this. The first way is through stories, and I've already touched on this. I used to think that stories were these big things that showcase how you'd overcome something major in your life. I've never felt like I had any of those major things in my life, so I really struggled with the concept of telling stories. But then a few people started planting the idea in my head that stories don't have to be these big events. They can be about the little, everyday things as well. In The Power of Content, I talk about how a post in my Facebook group, The Content Project, was really popular simply because I told a story that related to my members as it was about the links that you go to, especially for our kids. It involved me racing out of the house barefoot, leaving everything wide open, running up the street to catch my daughter before she got on the bus, but realizing she was getting on the bus. So I had to turn the corner and then pivot and race down the road to try and get to the next bus stop before the bus did. I ran (laughs) my little heart out. My arms were flying around trying to get the driver's attention to stop. And this was all to give her her phone, which she needed for me to be able to make arrangements that afternoon. It's these everyday moments, as much as the big stories, that helps us connect with our ideal client. Now, you can use stories anywhere that you could use AI to create the content for you, which is all the places, socials, emails, podcasts, videos, blogs, website. The options are absolutely endless. And the best part about stories is that you can use them to build those genuine, thoughtful relationships human to human with people, gifting others the beauty of your own hindsight or educate them. And it really allows our ideal client to identify with us. They may not experience the exact same thing. It helps them to see the human side of our business or it helps them to apply the meaning of our story to their own situation. Now, there's three types of stories that you can tell. There is the brand or personal stories, the educational stories, or the client-related stories. And if you'd like to know more about which ones are the best to use in the client journey, along with three different methods to help you build your own story bank that you can reuse over and over, then head on down to the show notes and take a look at my mini course using stories to stand out. It's really going to help you build that story bank and be able to tell those stories that your ideal client needs to hear. Now, the second thing that's going to help you stand out is having a message that matters. Oh my goodness, I talk about this all the time, (laughs) but go back to episode 72 to find out more about a message that matters. Now, in my book, The Power of Content, I share the story of when I was about 10 years old. I was totally obsessed with logic puzzles. I don't know whether you've ever seen them, but you can buy like a whole book of them. Uh, I'll see if I can find them online and pop a link in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. Anyway, I used to love working out the answers based on the clues that they gave you, but it's also what wasn't said in the clues. And I really liken this to creating a message that matters. I struggled for so long to work out what my message was. I followed people, used formulas, watched webinars, downloaded all the things, but I just could not get it. It just didn't click. Turns out I was using the wrong clues. A message that matters 
is way different to a magnetic message. A magnetic message is something that attracts your ideal client and probably lots of non-ideal clients as well. And it's usually more ideal client centric. A message that matters is one that's meaningful but contains more of you in it. There's that Eunice again. It's made up of three different parts. The who, your ideal client, the what, which are the possibilities you create in your ideal client's life, and the why, which is you, your values and your core beliefs. So whilst a magnetic message would mostly be the who and the what, a message that matters includes the you. Now, if you'd like to find out more about how to craft a message that matters, you can come and join us inside my membership, The Content Effect, where you'll find all the resources and all the support you need to craft yours. So having a clear message that matters is going to help you stand out and be remembered. Now, the third and final thing that you need is thought leadership. Now, this one is a biggie. And it's something that leads on from having a message that matters. So once you're clear on this, your message that matters, you can start building out why it is that you think this way. Personally, I love Odette Barry's approach to this. I'll pop some podcast episodes of hers to go and listen to in the show notes. But a really high-level summary of what she goes into in her series on thought leadership is about these four steps. The first one is observation. What are you seeing in your industry and what are other people or clients or your audience saying about it. The second one is refinement. Is this an idea that's already out there? The third one is challenging it. Have others already written or published materials about this? What evidence do you have to form this view? And the final step, which I absolutely love, is breathing. Creating space from your big idea. Yes, it takes time and space to be able to do this and do it well, but it really does set you up to be able to create content that is uniquely and totally you. It's a huge advantage when you're looking at standing out online in an AI-driven world. Your thought leadership is what is going to help you get those speaking gigs, the guest podcasting spots and articles in big publications. So they're the three things that I really believe that you need to be doing starting now to stay ahead of the AI content curve and really make sure that you don't become another business owner that just blends into the digital crowd. So that's three things, stories, a message that matters and thought leadership development. And don't forget that if you want practical exercises that help you extract those stories that you can tell in your content, then purchase my Using Stories to Stand Out mini course With this training, you'll be able to create genuine relationships that drive your sales, use stories to really enhance your AI content creation experience, and create that story bank that you can reuse over and over again. The link is in the show notes. Well worth the investment to make sure that you continue to bring more of that Eunice to your content. Talk soon.